On your journey through life, you are the hero. There are times, however, when it is beneficial to have an advisor to guide you along your path. Welcome to the Smart Money Simplified Podcast with Brent Mikosh, Certified Financial Planner, Certified Investment Management Analyst, and Co-Founder of MP Advisors, LLC. In this podcast, Brent discusses some of the most important and interesting topics of the day as they relate to finance, the economy, and beyond. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to the Smart Money Simplified Podcast with your host, Brent Mikosh. Brent, how are you doing today? You know, I'm doing pretty good. I've got uh, I've got solo dad duty for the next couple days. Uh, some of you might know my wife works for Mayo Clinic. She's got she runs the part, Department of Development for the entire West region, so she does uh, quite a bit of stuff with Mayo. And for the next two nights, it's just me and both of my kids. So I'm I'm, I'm gearing up for that and and excited about spending some time with them. How about yeah, yourself? No, How are you doing, good. That is good. That you know what? As as a dad with two grown kids, I can tell you there is nothing nothing that can replace the time you spend with your kids after you, after they grow up, man, it is just, it's so meaningful. You know, I'm 50. So I was, I was late to the game with this. I'm 50 years old. A couple months ago, I've got a three-year-old daughter and I've got a son that's eight, about nine or so. And, and, and you think that as you, as you, you enter this fatherhood thing or parenting, probably in general, I do think maybe there's a little bit more wisdom that came with it or is coming with it. I, at least I hope so, given the fact I'm starting this a little bit older, but you know, you're, you're not always so sure. And I think that um, one of the things I've noticed both for myself, for sure, be, you know, because I work, obviously I'm an entrepreneur myself. The, the industry happens to be financial services. We work a lot of business owners, a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of professionals, and you're always really trying to balance that the business life, that home life, being a good parent for your kids. And, and it's, it's a struggle sometimes. I mean, it's, it's a real struggle. So today's guest, I've got Tyler Graham on and he created the burn untamed framework. And this is definitely a guy I think that understands the type of tightrope that a lot of us fathers are walking uh, every single day, because unlike me that has two kids, uh, Tyler's got six and is, is managing to, to build a life and also a career around a really robust family life. So Tyler, I really, uh, I, I appreciate you taking some time out of your day because we, and any, any of us parents know that you're very busy and, and thanks for joining me for sure. Yeah, Brent, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited about our conversation today. Well, let's start with this. So why don't you just give me a little bit of background in terms of who you are, where you came from and, and why this has become a, aside from having six kids, but why this has yeah. become such a passion for you. Yeah. So uh, as you mentioned, I've got six kids, uh, three boys, three girls. My oldest is nine and a half. My youngest just turned two about a month ago. And so we're in the the thick of parenting young kids, the toddler uh, and, and above ages. And so it's been a wild adventure. Uh, it's been so much fun. Uh, super exhausting, as, as you know, with, with kids in that age range. And yeah, so over the past probably year or so, it started creating some content on LinkedIn uh, just as a means of professional development is how it started. And what I was noticing is that anytime I would post about my family or talk about fatherhood, it seemed to resonate more than any of the other content I was posting. It, it, it resonated with these dads who were 
you know, like you mentioned, all trying to walk this tightrope of balancing fatherhood and career and demands within the home and other social commitments, right? The, the number one thing I hear from dads is that there just doesn't seem to be enough time. And so it really uh, sparked something for me uh, to be able to meet dads in that place and, and help dads live wholeheartedly by dedicating themselves and their time to uh, the things that are most important in life. And yeah, I think you bring up a great point is you know, that, that, that intersection of being a father and also rather running a business during your career, it's, it's a tough one because, you know, the question is you, you're, you're giving yourself an enormous amount to your business, to your clients, the people you're working with, you're giving a lot to your spouse, you're giving a lot to your friendship. And, but arguably speaking, I think that, you know, that, 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 uh, next to your spouse anyway, you know, the, the children that you've got are, are where a lot of that energy needs to be going into. And unfortunately there are times where I catch myself where, you know, my, my son wants my attention, but I'm on my phone, I'm responding to an email, you know, and that's, and realistically the email can wait 20 minutes for me to, to do what I need to do in terms of giving that attention mm-hmm. to my son. Um, so what do you think is, is, what's the key to trying to balance that intersection between, between your career and your home life? Because, you know, because of these things now, and, and those that are listening, I'm holding, mm-hmm. holding up my smartphone. There's not a lot, there's not a lot of barrier now between those two. Yeah. A hundred percent. It was, was just having this conversation with my wife on uh on one of our date nights last week. And we're talking about how it's so easy as a dad to prioritize the practical things to prioritize the things that are right in front of you. And it's so easy to, and I apologize. You can, you might be able to hear my kids screaming in the background. One of those practical moments that, uh, that needs some attention in our house. So, but you know, it's so easy to, to say, well, the, the yard needs to get mowed or this email needs to get responded to. And in a lot of ways we have, we have certain, whether they be professional or social obligations to complete those things. And they're, they're people making sure that you're getting those things done, but no, nobody's making sure that you're taking your kid for a walk and, and asking them how their day was. Nobody's making you sit down at the dinner table at night and, you know, rallying your family together to, uh, to do high, low Buffalo, which is what we do to, to talk about the highs and lows of our day, right? No, nobody's forcing you to do those things. And so, I think it really it is very easy for those to become the things that get put on the back burner when in reality, I think we would all look at that and say those are the most important things in life. And so it's it almost can be really confusing to us when we take a step back and say, why why are the things that are most important? They're they're not getting my time. These things that we would all say are not as important are getting our times. Something's out of whack here. And so I think you're spot on. You know, I think one of the most practical things to do is to create separation from those things, whether it be rhythms that allow you to set your set your phone aside during time where you're not working and you're with your kids or uh, creating other structures in your day. If you if you you know, were to look at the burn untamed framework that I talk about on LinkedIn a good bit. One of the big things that I emphasize and focus on is creating rhythms, creating structure, creating space creating things that you can do over and over again on a regular basis that your kids come to know and expect. And then your kids do hold you to those things, right? So when you don't sit down at the dinner table and do high, low Buffalo, or when you're distracted on your phone, answering emails, which we're all guilty of doing, 
your kids are going to be the ones that are holding you to the line of saying, Hey dad, you said, you said we were going to play a game tonight. You know, Thursday nights are our family game night, you know, time to put the phone down and, and, and come join us. And so I think that is one of the big things that I've seen with our kids. If, if you can build those rhythms, you can set those expectations. Uh, your kids do a pretty good job of, of knowing what those are and holding you to those. Well, let's talk about that a little bit. Let's talk about this framework that you've developed for, yeah. for dads that, that really can maximize this time they're spending with their kids. Because, you know, I'm a big believer that that uh, what's really it's just true. And, and I will actually tell my t- my team this as well. And I think it keeps us very honest with our clients. Everyone in a business standpoint is replaceable. I, I like to think I'm doing a great job for my clients. But in reality, they can they can replace me if they want to or they feel the need to. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't replace kids are unreplaceable. My wife is not replaceable. I am unreplaceable Mm -hmm. to them in their lives. And I think it's very easy to get those, to get those priorities skewed between, you know, the people that, that can replace you and, and, and can put another, you know, cog in that wheel versus the people that really can't. And so how, how do you create that framework? How do you get people going on that right road to uh, really prioritizing if they're at home, be at home? Yeah. Yeah. So the framework itself to, to just quickly cover that is, is there's, there's three aspects to it. And the first one is to craft a vision. So I think within, you know, you talk about within a career, when you're leading a team, if you ask any good leader, what their vision is for their team or for their business, they're likely going to have something that they know by heart that they are aiming at within their professional life, within their team, within their business. And, and they're rallying people around that vision to work collaboratively to get to that point in the future. And I think even in the personal life, you could ask people what their vision is for their life or what their goals are, and they can likely name off a few things, but fatherhood in and of itself, I think often gets, maybe left out from that conversation. People, people don't necessarily have a vision for their fatherhood, right? Culturally, it'll be to, to make sure your kids are raised into good humans that know right and wrong and are ready to leave your house when they're 18. And not that that's a bad thing, but I think there's so much more to fatherhood and to raising kids and to, to building a legacy, to growing a multi-generational legacy, And so that's the first piece of the framework is to have that vision of knowing where you want to go as a dad, where you want to go as a family. And one of the things that I encourage people to do if they're struggling to find out what that vision is, uh, is to think about your funeral. And it can sound a little bit morbid, uh, but I think it's a very impactful, very emotional exercise to think about your funeral and think about your kids giving a eulogy. And I encourage dads to actually take the time to, to write this out and to write out the eulogy that you would want your kids to give at your funeral. Because I think it's a very practical way to identify the vision for, for your fatherhood to, to envision the impact that you want to have on your kids. And then to kind of take a step back and look at that and say, is, is what I'm doing today going to result in that type of eulogy? Are my kids, if, are my kids going to say that about me when I die, if I keep doing what I'm doing today? Uh, so that's, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, that, that's, that's a powerful statement. And I would ask you, uh, I'm going to put you on the spot here. What yeah. aside from, uh, cause if you ask my son, what's my job as a dad, he mm-hmm. says, protect me and keep me safe and to teach me to be a man. 
That's why I tell yeah. them. Like my number one, yeah. number one priority is protect you, keep you safe. Number two is teach you to be a man. I and I tell them sometimes those two things are in conflict with each other. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. yeah. sometimes yes. I, sometimes yeah. I've got to not keep him safe to teach him mm-hmm. to be a man. But I'm curious in terms of the, again to put you on the spot. What is your vision of? And it's going to be different for everybody. I get that. But what's yeah, your vision yeah. of fatherhood for you? Yeah. So this, I could go on for a long time about this. So I'll try to keep it succinct. But, you know, for me, as I think about what I want my kids to say about me at the end of my life, I think there's, there's similar aspects there. I want them to, to feel that I was a a safe place for them, that, that dad always had their back, that dad was always in their corner, that dad, uh, you know, gave them the opportunities to, to succeed. And, and like you said, sometimes the opportunity to fail, because I think that's an important part of becoming a man or even becoming a, a woman for, for my daughters. And so, you know, those are the things that I think are, are certainly important for me personally. And for our family, like faith is very foundational to what we do. And so I want them to, to be able to, to point to that, that, the, to look at the ways that I led our family uh, spiritually and and created that foundation within our home. I want them to see the values. We have uh, 10 what we call pillars for our family that are, are written on our wall downstairs in our kitchen. And I want them to be able to look at those and say that the dad embodied each of those 10 things that, that he led us in those, that he lived those out, that he, uh, even when we weren't watching or weren't supposed to be watching. Dad was doing these things. It wasn't, wasn't just for show. wasn't just to, to model something that wasn't actually true of him, but that he embodied what we said it meant to be a gram and that they're able to take those things and pass them on to their kids that I mentioned the word multi-generational earlier. That's a big part of my vision and you know, the values that we have as a family. I believe in them. I want my kids to believe in them to the point that they take those and continue uh, those on with the next generation of grams. Uh, and then the next and the next and the next, you know, by the time I'm long and gone, uh, I want the values that we have as a family to, to continue moving on, to impact the people, not only in our family, but outside of our family as well to influence the people around us. And so um, those are some of the things that come to mind when I think about the the vision that I have for, for fatherhood. In terms of those, those key values, you know, you've got a house full of six kids, age nine and under. And I think that I'm um, curious, I think you can very proactively teach these things, but then mm-hmm. you've also got, got to show them. And I think usually there's a combination of both that works best. Absolutely. At, at what age with your, with your children, have you seen that, that they're, they're absorbing these values and, and you have a story about where you recognize that all of a sudden, wow, they, they are kind of getting what it is we're trying yeah. to put into them. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a, I'm a pretty firm believer that I think our kids are capable of, of grasping or understanding more than we give them credit for, uh, especially early on. I think that we as, as dads especially can feel like uh, we have to wait too long before we start having conversations like this with our kids. And so for me, my youngest is two. Uh, my The next oldest, she'll be four in January. Two-year-old's probably still a little bit too young, uh, but I think the four-year, the almost four-year-old is is really starting to grasp some of the things that are important to us as a family. So uh, one of the examples, one of our, our pillars, our core values as a family is to value the table. We want our 
our kitchen table to be a, a popular place in our house for our family, for the eight of us to sit around and, and share meals together and also a place to invite other people in. Um, my in-laws live right across the street. My parents live 10 minutes down the road. We want to have them over for dinners. We want to hear about their lives, their stories. We want to, to sit around the table at the end of the day. And like I said, do, do what we call high, low Buffalo, which is where you talk about the best part of your day, the hardest part of your day and something that required you to persevere. And our four-year-old does that with us every night. She's engaged in those conversations she's sharing. And if you were to ask her what our core core values are as a family, she's not going to be able to tell you that it's to value the table. But if you ask her what we do at dinner, she's going to tell you high, low Buffalo. Uh, and so I think it's those types of things where, like you said, it's not only talking about it, but I think more importantly, living it out, that's going to allow, especially our younger kids to grasp what's important. Um, Justin Batt, who uh, leads a, a, a group called uh, Daddy Saturday, who he's an amazing voice just in the fatherhood community. Um, he, he says that more is caught than taught, that, you know, we can we can say things to our kids. We can try to teach our kids things. Uh, and that's an important part of fatherhood. But I'd say that even more important is actually living it out, actually embodying the things that we say are important uh, because our kids are going to do what they see us doing more than they do what they hear us saying. Yeah, I, I think that's a great point because I know I've been called out oh, plenty yeah. of times, particularly <laughs> by my son. Daddy, you said this. And if, if you're not oh, following yeah. through with it, they're definitely going to let you oh, know. Yeah. Yep. Now, yep. The thing I, that I struggle with sometimes is this, is you know, there's, there's a question of, of being consistent and having rules in the house and having lines that do not get crossed, but also some flexibility to realize that, you know, life happens and sometimes you, mm -hmm. you can, you can adapt and, and change based on whatever the situation might be. Mm -hmm. um, and what I try to do, and again, I don't know if this is right or wrong, but I try to have very few areas where I will really put my foot down, but where I do, it's non-negotiable. Like, mm -hmm. and I'll even tell my son that, Hey man, you know, that, I just made up my mind here and we can continue to, we can, I, I tell him this, we can do this the easy way, the hard way, or we yeah, can do it the yeah. Nicholas way. That's my son. It went <laughs> Nicholas way is the hard way. It just takes a lot longer. Yeah, you exactly. Know. But, <laughs> I love but, that. but what's, but what's the, you know, what is that fine line? Because you don't, you don't want to be, a, I, you know, I think that, I think that as, as a father, you're, you're the rule giver in the house. You are, you, you know, you want to nurture your kids, but you're never going to have the capacity mm -hmm. to do that like your wife will. What what is where does that consistency versus flexibility? How do you find that balance? Yeah, man, that's a, such a great question, and I really do think it it's going to vary kid by kid. You know, again, with six kids, I've got a, a pretty wide range of of personalities, things that are different in each of my kids, and I feel like there are times that it, it requires me to be a different type of dad to each of my kids to kind of meet them where they are, you know? And one of the best pieces of fatherhood advice I ever got was from a guy named Jeremy Pryor, just another amazing dad uh, who, who is um, really leading the charge and equipping dads with different skills needed for fatherhood. And he, his, his encouragement was to steward your voice as a dad. And I think it's hitting on exactly what you're talking about, where, if you are as a dad trying to hold every line as this, this thick drawn in the sand line, one, you're going to wear yourself ragged because 
kids are kids and they're going to push the boundaries and they're, they're going to test what they're capable of. And they're not always doing it out of sheer disobedience, but they're really just trying to figure out their place and, and how they work as a person. So you're going to wear yourself out. And then two, your voice is really going to lose its weight as a dad. If you're trying to, like you said, hold every single line because it's impossible. And your kids are going to recognize that, that, right. Hey, if dad says, don't do this, even if I do it, nothing happens. So why would I, why would I listen? You know? And so I think, like you said, for, for dads, especially with young kids who are pushing boundaries, who are kind of figuring out life, I think identifying what are some of those non-negotiable areas, you know, for, for us, like I mentioned, our family pillars, those kind of drive some of those things. Another one of our pillars is family as a team. So we want our kids to operate as a team together. We want them to, to be friends. We want them to help each other. We want them to encourage each other. So any kind of harsh language, name calling, right. uh, diminishment of one another, that's a hard line for us. I, and I'm going to draw the line every time if I hear one of my sons call one of my other sons a name, or if they do something disparaging, or if they, you know, throw a punch, which you know is a daily occurrence here. Uh, but, it's, you know, we're still we're, we're holding that line. We're helping them understand the value of, Hey, when you work together as a team, it makes all of us better. And when you don't, it makes all of us worse. And so I think being able to find what those values are and then being able to hold those lines is, is probably my biggest encouragement there. You've got both boys and girls and uh, I've got one boy and one girl. And the way that I've, and it's sort of naturally occurred this way, but the way that I raise both those kids is very, very different. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the values that I'm trying to instill in my son, I would say the values are the same with both kids, but, but I guess the example I'm trying to set is very different. And my son, I can, and I'll even, you know, I'm very, he's almost nine now. He's, just, mm-hmm. they know what's going on. Yeah. And, and I can definitely be a little bit more of a disciplinarian with him for sure. Whereas mm-hmm. my daughter it's always in the back of my mind that she is getting her cues about what's acceptable from a man directly from me. Mm-hmm. I won't ever, you know, I, I, I don't think my son, I can raise my voice at my son and he knows when mm-hmm. I'm serious. I have a hard time doing that with my daughter. How do you raise boys and girls differently? Yeah. Yeah. I think you're spot on with that. Um, so in our, in our, with our kids, my oldest is a girl and then I've got three boys and then two girls at the end. So it's definitely been unique because my, my, my four oldest that I feel like I'm, I'm having to discipline and, and talk with and, and be more intentional with, uh, is, is three boys and a girl. And so, uh, you know, with the younger two, especially, I feel like I can notice myself being a bit softer with them coming on the tail of three boys and, you know, they're my little girls. And so there's definitely that element there. But I think, like you said, there, I think there are major differences that I notice between my boys and my girls. And then when you drill down even deeper, I think there's major differences between each of my individual boys and each of my individual girls. And so there are different things that I'm aiming at or focused on with each of my kids. So like, for example, just this past Sunday, my wife and I sat down and we talked about what are some, what are some habits that we want each of our kids to be focused on? And with that, there's some things that apply to everybody, like keeping your space picked up and clean. And then there's some unique ones like my, um, my third, he will be seven next week. One of the things we're focused on with him is like using a strong voice. 
he's a, a middle child. He can kind of easily, uh, he's, he's our, our most mild mannered of all of our kids. And so it's easy for him to kind of slip between the cracks at times. And it's something that we're always focused on making sure he doesn't feel that way. But as a result, he can be very soft spoken. He can, he can kind of whiny even at times because he doesn't feel like he's, he's being heard. And so one of the things that we're really focusing on with him is use, use a strong voice. Here's how to talk to people. Here's how to make your needs known if they're not being met or if you need to have other people paying attention to that. And that's something that I've never had to do with my daughters. Uh, I don't know if it's because they already have that or it's just because they um, are handling things things differently. Uh, but there's there's I could go on you know with a lot of different examples about how to do that um, or how we've had to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And again, to your point, I think that even not only just male, female, but, but kids are different, man. <laughs> Personality, yeah, yeah. It, it's 100%. incredible. Same parents, same environment. And, and they, come, yeah. they enter into, into this world with yeah. very unique personality traits. Yeah. Now, let, let me talk to you a little bit about creating that time for, for, to be emotionally available. I had a really great privilege about two weeks ago to meet a guy named Andre Norman. And he's, he's a well-known guy because he basically, he grew up, in the streets, really tough life. He was he was sentenced to over 100 years in prison. He spent two years in, in wow. solitary confinement. He was a uh, basically one of the, the gang leaders within prison. And uh, he basically decided that he was going to get a Harvard degree. And uh, anyway, long story short, he gets a Harvard degree from prison, basically get now is out and does all kinds of really fantastic work, you know, helping young people. But when I was listening to him speak, he was talking about his experiences growing up really, really tough, you know, on the streets. Mm -hmm. And the first time he was asked to speak at a um, private school, vast you know, majority were white, looked a lot different than he did. And he's like, you know, these kids don't have any issues. And and, and what, what am I even doing here talking? And as he got talking to these kids, and most of them were teenagers at this point, they're like, oh, my dad, this, that's just some guy that's, you know, it's upstairs or he's always on the phone or whatever. And I'm sure that that's even expanded now, obviously, with the technology that we have. Um, and And that really kind of struck me because you don't want to you you want to be you want to be there for your kids and always have space to do that so for for those of us that are that are out there in the work world running businesses are very busy what are some tools that you can that you can offer about you know how do you create that space to uh to to be really focused very intentional about the time you're spending with your kids yeah that's this is probably I would, I would say one of the single most important questions for dads is how to create this time and this space to be fully present, fully intentional with your kids. And to come back to the burn untamed framework that we were talking about earlier, I mentioned that the first piece of the framework was to craft a vision. And the second piece is to create margin. And you can think about margin as the difference between your limit and your load. So what are you capable of managing with your time and, and how much of that time is, is currently accounted for. And I think culturally right now, we live in a time where most people are operating with a limit that, that is or with a load that is currently meeting their limit. They have no margin in their life because they say yes to, to too many things. Yeah. yeah to everything. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, it's very rare that somebody will say no to a request, to an obligation, to, uh, to, to anything that's, that's asked of them. And so that is 
one of my biggest pieces of encouragement to dads is to slow down and create margin in their life. And I think there's two ways of doing that. First is to either increase your limit. So uh, that could be things like exercising, taking care of yourself, getting good sleep, making sure that uh, you are doing things so that when you are on or when you are doing the things that are demanded of you, that you're awake, you're alert, you're present, you're capable of doing those things. But obviously there's a limit, right? You're not Bradley Cooper and, and limitless. You've, you've got limits and you can only increase that so much. And so I think the more important thing to do for dads is to decrease their load. And that's going to require you to, to say no to things. It's going to require you to say no to really good things that you want to do. But you're saying no to those things so that you can say yes to something that's so much better. And that is your kids. So you can be fully present with them. And so one of the things that I think is most helpful here, uh, especially if this is kind of your first time looking at this and trying to examine your life to determine what's the right thing to say yes to, what's the right thing to say no to. It's an exercise my wife and I try to do at the end of every year. We call it the note card exercise. Learned this from a, a guy named Jefferson Bethke him and his wife, they write out all of their current uh, responsibilities, obligations, commitments on note cards, and they lay them out on the table and they take an hour, two hours, however long is needed to kind of go through each one and consider whether or not to, to pick that thing back up, to continue to say yes to this thing, or has the time come to say no, to lay that down, to, to take that off the table out of your life for, for, in, you know, indefinitely or just a season. Um, it can be really easy. I think when we say yes to something to just assume it's an indefinite yes or a permanent yes. And we never come back to revisit it to say, this may have been a good thing to say yes to at one point, but it's no longer serving our family. It's no longer serving our vision, our values. It's time to set this thing aside to, to create space for the things that are going to serve our vision and our mission. I, I think, I think I totally agree with that. And I also think in terms of creating that space that can be on a daily basis. I mean, I know that, uh, yeah. That when and I'm I'm not always 100% consistent with this, but most nights I walk in the door, I try to I try to leave the phone in an inaccessible area mm -hmm. <laughs> until yes. every yeah. until everyone is is at least asleep or in bed for sure. Mm -hmm. now, now let's talk about and you know we've got a lot of things in the culture now that I just being very bluntly I think diminish the role of fathers in society. Mm -hmm. What's your take on that? You know, and, and what yeah. I mean by that is in, this, in the, you know, nobody watches sitcoms anymore, but yeah. when they did, you know, the dad was some kind of oaf that didn't know what yeah. the heck he was talking about. He's always portrayed yeah. as being an idiot and a moron. And he's, you know, mm -hmm. or, or in some cases, as, as, uh, as Andre Norman pointed out when he was at this, you know, pretty prestigious school, he, he's the guy just upstairs that, that maybe goes to work and pays some bills. Yeah. Where do you think now, now you can blame the culture or you can also blame the men. And as as men in this culture, where do you think that uh, maybe not individually, but where do you think we've gone wrong? Yeah, man, this this is another just such a good question, such an important question. Uh, and I'm tracking with I've, I've I've posted that before on on LinkedIn that you know, the, the the modern picture of of a father has almost become a caricature. Right. It's yeah. Like the, the Homer Simpson that's yeah. Yeah, clueless, a dope, just has no kind of emotional capacity for his kids and. You know, I, I don't know that if I have an answer of, of kind of where that happened or when that happened. Um, and like you said, I think it's easy to just blame the culture, but 
the reality is that it's a dad's responsibility to show up and be a dad for his kids, right? Nobody's going to make you do that. Uh, and nobody's going to prevent you from doing that. If, if that's what your vision is, if that's what you're showing up to do. And I think one of the things that, uh, has probably gotten lost within recent generations, perhaps is this idea of providing for your kids. I know that's, you know, if you ask a dad, what is your responsibility providing is, is going to be one of the top answers. And I think that's a good, important thing. Uh, it's, it's necessary, especially if you're the primary income for your family, right? Like I'm the only income for my family. My wife doesn't work. She stays home and homeschools our kids. And so I know part of my responsibility to take care of my kids, to show up every day and do my job well so that I can get a paycheck and pay for our house, for food, all of those different things. But I think it, when, when it stops there, when that becomes like the exclusive or the primary way that we show up for our kids, it's really easy to just write off anything after five o'clock as, you know, not important or lesser than the work from, from nine to five. And I think that's one of the areas where I want to see dads continue to, to excel. And it's hard. Like it's so hard. I, you know, I'm, I know when, when five o'clock hits and my, my work day is done, I'm, I'm shifting into a different kind of work, right? My, my day isn't done. I'm, I'm shifting into dad mode. I'm, I'm coming in usually to kids that are exhausted or hungry and, you know, have made a mess and I'm having to, to, to jump into a crazy environment at times. And that's hard, right? It's, it'd be really easy to just say, you know what? I did my job. I did my piece. I'm, I'm done. I'm out. You know, I'm gonna let my wife handle this, but instead to say, no, this, this is my joy. This is my opportunity to come in and partner with my, my wife to parent our kids. It's my opportunity to come in and connect with my kids to teach them what it means to show up for them. You know, you said it earlier, you know, you're setting the example for, for your daughter about the type of man that she's going to look to marry one day. And you're setting the example for your sons about the type of husbands and fathers that they're going to be one day and like being able to meet them intentionally, fully present in those moments, uh, viewing that as your responsibility as a dad, I think is, is so, so important. Yeah. And I think, I think it's, it's very, um, it's challenging today because, you know, you're, again, you're pushing back on a culture that, that in many cases is not going to be supportive of you in that. Uh, yeah. And so one, one of the things that you talk about, which I think is very important is, is as men, we've got what, what amazes me. Is, so I, I love to trail run. Yeah. I've got yeah. some friends that I'll trail, trail run with and we can go out for a trail run for an hour and we're running. We might say a couple words to each other. We're running, you know, you're, you're kind of focused on what you're doing. You come up on the trail to a couple women and they're, they're just talking back and forth, back and forth. And then mm-hmm. you, you, you pass and you're just running. Yeah. And I'll get back after like, you know, an hour, hour and a half or so. And my wife will be like, what'd you guys talk about where you're out there? I'm like, you know, maybe he had something happen at work. We might've gotten into it. You, know, you, have, you have very kind of superficial stuff, but women, I think have the ability to kind of go deep really fast. And those mm-hmm. social connections for them are extremely, extremely important. And that they're at a much more vulnerable level very mm-hmm. quickly. Yes. And and men don't necessarily do that. What do you, so so talk to me about the importance of having a community of of like-minded dads around you yeah. that can help you on this journey. Yeah, 100%. Um, off, there's an author named John Eldridge that talks about this and he, he talks about it. Uh, he calls it the, the shallows, the midlands and the depths and how, you know, from, 
culturally men are so prone to stay in the shallows, right? It's like you said, talking about fantasy football or, uh, you know, the, the score of your, your favorite team from the past weekend. And I, I do all those things. I love those things. Big football guy here, but it's, it's so easy to, to kind of stay in that space. And I think a lot of, a lot of the reason, at least from my experience that many men stay there is because there's this feeling or there's this impression that anything that is difficult in your life as a man or as a dad is only applicable to you, right? That, that nobody else could possibly be experiencing the same challenges as you. Uh, and those challenges, especially in fatherhood of which there are an abundance of challenges can make you feel like this, you're, you're constantly battling. At least this is true for me. Like you're constantly battling this feeling that I am a failure as a dad because my, my, my kids are fighting outside my door. Right. We've, we've dealt with that so many times. Uh, it doesn't seem to be sinking in. I must, I must just be completely failing as a dad. And it's really hard to bring other people into that with you, especially if you think you're the only one navigating that. And so something that I've seen with LinkedIn and in having these conversations, uh, I've, I've on a couple occasions posed just on a simple post and posed the question, you know, what's the, the biggest obstacle uh, challenge, you know, hardship in your fatherhood. And it'll get, you know, 50, 60 dads commenting. And it's amazing how I've not had a single one of those posts where uh, there's not been multiple of every answer, right? It's the, the same struggles for every dad. There's not enough time. They want to be patient. They don't know how to be present or intentional with their kids. All of the different challenges that they're feeling are being reiterated over and over and over again by all these other dads. And so I think being able to recognize that, that you are not alone in the challenges and the demands of fatherhood creates this opportunity for community to form. It can form over this kind of shared experience of, man, fatherhood is really awesome and it's really hard. And then with that, you're able to kind of rally together to say, hey, let's let's figure out what is what is working well. So like for me, I've got a group of four other guys. I meet with them every other Wednesday night. Go in there tonight. We'll sit around a fire. We'll pour some bourbon, smoke some cigars, and we'll just talk about life, talk about fatherhood, share the things that are struggle. And um, it doesn't always have to be specific to fatherhood. Like these are guys that I'm inviting to speak into how I'm, how I'm spending my money and my finances, how I'm exercising, taking care of my body, all things that impact my fatherhood, but maybe aren't necessarily specific to fatherhood. And it's amazing. in just, you know, six to eight months of us doing this regularly, how many changes I've seen in my life because of these guys going from the shallows to the midlands, all the way at the depths with me and kind of knowing what's going on in my heart, what's motivating me, what's weighing on me uh, and being able to help carry that with me has been huge. Yeah, those friendships are vitally important. And I think that's uh, if you, you mentioned your faith earlier on in our discussion, mm -hmm. what role does your faith have in uh, your role as a father, as a husband, as a person, business person out there in the world? Yeah. Yeah. So faith is, you know, absolutely foundational for us. So for me, I'm a, I'm a Christian, a follower of Jesus. And so, um, for us, it's, it's a major topic of conversation, right? It's, it's something that we want our kids to, to be exposed to and know, because that's, you know, from my perspective, what allows me to be a dad, a good dad. Cause I have, I have screwed up more times than I could possibly ever 
count more times today than I could count when I lose my patience with my kids or when I'm, I speak harshly because I'm frustrated or feeling overwhelmed. And, you know, for me, I'm, I'm prone to, to carry the weight of that, the guilt of that and, and feel like, man, every time I fail, it's just like another check on the box of a reason why, you know, I'm, I'm not a good dad for them, or they'd be better off if somebody else was their dad. And so for me, with my faith of, of trusting that like Jesus has, has taken that on, that he's renewing me constantly, that he's strengthening me constantly is the thing that really fuels my fatherhood. It really fuels the vision of my fatherhood of where I want to go. And so that to me personally is, is such an important part of what I'm doing day in, day out as a dad. It's, it's the source of my strength. It's the source of my vision. It's the thing that I continually come back to when I'm feeling like I don't know what I'm doing. Um, it's, it's the thing that envisions me. And so, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's foundational to everything I do as a dad. I think it's one of those things that, you know, at some point before I'm very fortunate, my father is uh, 84, uh, talked to him almost every single day. I I couldn't ask for better dad. He's, 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 and I've learned a ton from him, but as you, you know, as you get older, you you realize that, that your parents are flawed individuals because we all are, Mm -hmm. you know, we've, we've all made mistakes. And when you can, for me anyway, from a, from a faith perspective, it's gotten much stronger since I've had kids because Mm -hmm. you can point to something outside of yourself. That is an absolute truth because dad's not always going to have it. You know, dad's going to, dad's going to lose his temper. Dad's going to, you know, occasionally uh, screw things up royally. And and not only to have that personal belief that, all right, you messed up, but, but you know, it's, it's, it's it's human nature has been paid for. It's all expected. But also for your kids to see that, yeah, you know, mom and dad are, are regular human beings, but there's, there's something, mm-hmm. there's a force out there that, that transcends that. And there is an absolute yeah. truth I think is, is yeah. massively, massively important. You know, I, I, again, you kind of wrap up our conversation here. I think that out of all the things that we do, and, and again, I was late to the game, you know, I'm 50 and I've got you know, two kids under 10 here, but you, you come into this thing and you, you figure, you, you feel, realize, or you think rather that you're going to have this completely figured out and then you you learn very quickly that you don't. <laughs> and, and it's, it's, it's a nonstop and the kids change too. So when you, when you got this stage figured out, all of a sudden the next stage comes yes. up and you realize you got to relearn everything again yeah. for people that, for guys that might be out there that listen to this conversation, maybe some of the things that you said have resonated with them. How do they, how do they find you? And what would you suggest or some yeah. next steps if maybe they're not being the guy that they need to be at home? Maybe they're not being the dad yeah. that their kids need. Yeah, such a such an important question there too. You're you're killing it with these questions. I I really appreciate that. Um, in terms of where they can find me, LinkedIn right now is is primarily where uh, I I post content on on every weekday geared towards dads. My my hope with that is just to be a a source of encouragement uh, in in your feed to to give usually just a you know encouraging story and a question to consider. And so you can find me there or you can email me, Tyler at burnuntamed.com. Happy to, uh, to have you reach out directly and, and we can talk about fatherhood. My biggest encouragement to any dad listening to this that's feeling like they have a, that they want to be more intentional, they want to be more present, but they're not sure how to get started. One of my biggest encouragements to any dad is to start where you are, not where you think you should be. There's always going to feel like this gap. And I think dads, dads see this gap more than anybody else of, of who they want to be and where they want to go. And, and that gap can feel massive. It can feel huge and overwhelming. And I think it's easy for that gap uh, of between who you are and who you want to be 
to, to hold you back from, from actually pressing into any of these rhythms or these things that we're talking about here today. So I'd say start small, pick one thing that you can do, uh, whether it's a family dinner, playing games uh, once once a week with your kids, choosing one small rhythm that you're going to press into, do it without your phone, do it fully present with your kid and just start building that connection, start to know their heart, start to connect with them, start to understand what makes them tick. And I'll, I'll go back to the the exercise we mentioned towards the beginning of the episode with uh, writing out the eulogy. I think if that's something you've not done and something you feel like you uh, are, are struggling with having this vision for for fatherhood, start there. Because if you can write that out, it's going to be moving. It's going to be powerful. It's going to be emotional, uh, but it's going to be something that's going to help you recognize where you want to go. And that's going to help you recognize where you might want to start now. And you've, you've, you got some, you got a program that, uh, that you, you lead as well for dads also, correct? Yeah. So we've done a few coaching cohorts that kind of takes people, dads through this framework, helping them to craft that vision, create the margin, and then construct rhythms that are going to help bring that vision into reality. I'm hoping to start the next round of that probably in January, probably after the holidays. So happy to, to talk through uh, that as well, if anybody's interested. Awesome. Well, Tyler, hey man, thanks so much because I think that, you know, ultimately when we are when we were long gone and dead and buried, it's gonna be our kids that they carry on our legacy. Yeah. And and we're making that decision right now what that legacy is gonna be and how uh we're remembered down the road and what kind of impact yeah, the, the way we're raising our kids today and the impact we have on them today, it doesn't just ripple into our household, but it's gonna ripple down through time. And Absolutely. it's it, it is not arguably it is it is at least in in our day to day life the most important thing we can be doing is to is to pouring mm-hmm. pouring our energy into making sure that that we're doing it right or as right as we can. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Yep. Yeah. So Nailed thank it. you. Thanks for and thanks for yeah, being so open for, and honest during this conversation. Yeah. Thank you for having me on, Brent. I really appreciate. it. It's been a great conversation. Yeah, it has been a really great conversation to listen to. As a matter of fact, it's nice to hear a conversation about the importance of dads. Because we hear about the importance of moms all the time, and people testify to the presence of their moms in their lives. But research after research after research keeps showing us that dads are incredibly important as well, and that a good, involved, caring father makes a tremendous difference in the mental health and everything else of the kids that they parent. So thank you, Tyler. I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And to your point, Bill, I mean, the numbers support this and it's it's a politically incorrect thing to say, but it's true. If you don't want to live in poverty in this country, uh, don't have kids out of wedlock, have an intact household. And uh, and I I blame men more than, you know, it's usually the woman usually is the one that steps up and makes sure these kids are taken care of. And and a lot of uh, Mm -hmm. and a lot of men can also be in the house, but they're not in the house. Yeah. Yeah. If you uh, if you ever question the importance of your fatherhood. Google the statistics on fatherlessness and they are sobering and they will reveal to you very quickly the impact that a, a present engaged father has on a kid. It's economic, it's uh, mental health, it's physical health, it's prison, you know, the mm. number, n- number of uh, percentages of people that, that will be involved in the legal system. It's, it's, it, to your point, Tyler, it's absolutely unbelievable. And it's something that, that again, you, you, the culture is what it is. The culture is the culture's based on decisions that, that a lot of us have, have allowed. But I think as men, I think we have massively, massively dropped the ball. And I just will add on a personal note, as a father who has children who are now grown, you know, I said this at the beginning of the conversation, 
it's the most important thing you can do, and it is the most single fulfilling thing that you could do because also by far the hardest. It is it is hands down the hardest, man. It is hands down the hardest. Holy cow! And it's not a job you get out. It's not like your job you leave. You know, it's it's the one you got. It's amazing. It's amazing. Thank you so much for the conversation, Tyler. Thank you, Brett. Thank you as always. I know your regular listeners know how to get a hold of you. If somebody came across this and they haven't heard you before, how do they reach out to you? Yeah, a couple of ways. In terms of the only social media platform I'm on is LinkedIn as well, and uh, pretty active on there. So you can reach me through that channel. Uh, I call us here at the office at 602-255-0555, either myself or Andy or Kayla or Susan, or remember my team will answer. Uh, or you can find us online. It's mpadvisorsaz.com or smartmoneysimplified.com. And if any, if any of this... You know, I, the truth is one of the reasons I love whole, doing these podcasts is, is if I if I'm doing my job right with my clients, 10, 15 percent of what we're talking about in any given conversation has to do with the mechanics of their investments of their money. The rest of it is finding out what exactly these dollars are trying to do. What's the values they're trying to support and, and, and what, it, what is it they're trying to accomplish in their personal lives, which is why I think the conversations like this are hugely important. And so if anyone's listened to this and it's resonated with them and. They want to know how to reach out to Tyler or they want to talk to me a little bit about yeah. more, more, more about this topic. Uh, I'd be happy to have that conversation. Fantastic. And for those of you who are not subscribers already hit the subscribe button. This is the kind of quality you get in every podcast. Mm -hmm. This way you don't have to remember uh, where you heard it, where you got it. It's, it's there. It's delivered to your listening device and you won't miss a podcast. Thank you listeners. We appreciate your time. Thank you so much on behalf of Brent and MP Advisors. I'm Bill Tucker reminding you, do not wait. Live your best life today. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Smart Money Simplified Podcast. Have any questions about topics covered during the show? Visit www.smartmoneysimplified.com or give us a call at 602-255-0555. Don't forget to click the follow button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the hosts and or guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Raymond James Financial Services Incorporated. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional financial advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service providers with any questions you may have regarding your individual situation. Securities are offered through Raymond James Financial Services Incorporated, member FINRA, and SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors Incorporated, MP Advisors, LLC, is not a broker slash dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services.